Each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. Hey, Life and Laughter listeners. Thank you so much for joining in on this conversation today. I'm excited to have you here listening, and I'm excited to talk to Amy Weiland. I just admire her so much. She's worked with women in leadership, and I thought she'd be the perfect person to talk to today about women in leadership, coincidentally. So let me introduce Amy. Amy Miller Weiland is an award-winning learning strategist with 20 years of experience in professional education. She's been fortunate to lead numerous teams of brilliant professionals and has served in various roles, including performance strategy manager, director of training and development, and vice president of consulting. Her current role as vice president of professional services at U-Science provides an opportunity to oversee the consulting division and forward the collective effort to make meaningful educational pathways available to all students. Her creative yet pragmatic approach development has contributed to the learning ecosystems of large organizations like Verizon, Disney Interactive, Walmart, General Electric, Nordstrom, pretty much if if there's a big company, she's worked with them. Her her background is in psychology with a focus on neuroscience, and it shapes her, shapes a behavior-driven approach to learning and also to business performance metrics. She applies cognitive psychology principles into learning strategies to create memorable experiences learners can apply to their daily roles with confidence. She lives in South Jordan, Utah with her, her hilarious husband of 23 years, Thad, and her wonderfully creative children, Kit and Ike. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. So tell me a little bit about your background with with um, women in leadership. Yeah, well, I've I've had fantastic leaders, uh, both the du jour and uh, de facto leaders. Um, those with titles who have shepherded me through a lot of professional situations and have helped shape professional skills. I've also have had leaders without a title who have also shaped the, and maybe reformed some, some aspects of how I see leadership and how I see women interacting professionally and personally with each other. So I've been really lucky to see, again, those, those leaders that can, that can lead from a, a pragmatic standpoint, but also those that just influence by being in situations. And that's exactly why I want to have you on the show today to talk about that exact thing. Because I think when women think of women in leadership, they think mm-hmm. they have to run for office. They think they have to be the yes. CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. They don't think that their influence in their home, in their workplace, in their community, they don't realize what an impact they can have. That that's, that's the trenches. That's where leadership really starts. And so to kind of get past the misconception that you have to be a mm-hmm. world leader to talk about mm-hmm. women leadership is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, I think sometimes women have been taught to be small. And so <laughs> yes. they don't recognize that they have intense influence. And so that's what I found to be very instrumental in women being able to see their leadership qualities and their ability to really lead in every day in their lives, that they don't recognize the opportunities for influence that they see, they might see leadership and I'll include myself. I'll say we, we might see leadership, as you mentioned, in very confining terms, in very confining situations. Um, but instead it's, it's a, what I like about leadership is it should have a broader term. It should have like a broader base and a reach for what really people can do with their influence. 
Um, so I think the first thing people should do is recognize that they have that space and they should step into that space because they do influence. I love that. Maybe it's more of an influence ship instead of a leadership. Yeah, exactly. You know, some, exactly. Some people don't want to, you know, lead companies or they don't want to lead even team projects. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of women, like you said, have learned or have let themselves be made small. And so learning how mm-hmm. to grow out of that can take some time, but mm-hmm. it's, I, I love watching women grow into their own power whether that power mm-hmm. is just finding their voice or that mm-hmm. power is influencing the, the local PTA. What, I mean, whatever it is, when you see someone step into their power, it's just, it's awe inspiring. I'm sure mm-hmm. you see that a lot. Mm-hmm. What kind of experiences have you had watching women step into their power? Um, I've seen them, them do it in different situations, right? Um, personally, what I've seen is women, Again, if they if they go in with a very narrow narrow mindset of what leadership is, like you mentioned, if it's only professional, then it's very the scope is very narrow. But what I love is seeing women interact with each other and value what they see in other women. Hmm, that's huge. And so it is huge because it's again, if we have a narrow mindset of influence and we don't recognize that everyday conversations that we have in either groups with women, but also women advocating for other women in a group setting and opening a conversation, let's say, and maybe this is an example that that might be helpful here. One of the the best um, de facto leaders, I'll call her, I've ever seen was a woman named Tiffany. She was a colleague, um, but she was also a friend. And her leadership and her ability to influence was in her ability to model the kind of behavior that is just being an effective human being and taking up space where if she was interacting with someone and she was in the middle of a thought and they interrupted her, she didn't stop. (laughs) And it was the smallest thing, but I noticed it. I noticed it again and again and again, and that she stepped into that space. She was fine taking up that space. And it wasn't that she was dominating conversation at all. It was an exchange of of ideas an exchange of, conversation but she was able to maintain that space even when people were interrupting her so that wasn't that wasn't personal conversations but then stepping into a professional role seeing her interact with clients seeing her interact with other colleagues she took up that space interruptions um you know did not face her (laughs) she continued with her thoughts until she was done so i think if people kind of get past that mindset that taking up space means dominating the space, I think they're more willing to step into that space and be comfortable being there. I love that. I think that's such a good way of putting that. And I think the idea that, you know, you don't apologize and someone interrupts you. I hear women all the time, if someone interrupts them and they mm-hmm. say, oh, sorry, even though they were mm-hmm. the ones speaking, it's like, don't, mm-hmm. give, don't give up that power. Yeah, retain that power. It's okay to talk. <laughs> it's okay to, Absolutely. to not apologize for your, for your own voice. Um, so when you get women together and I don't, I don't, I see it maybe more in the business setting, obviously in family settings, it's a different dynamic, but there seems to be someone who's a, a natural leader of the group. They yes. kind of take charge. They kind of you know, yes. give, out, give orders, whether or not it's an actual title, there seems to be that, that person. Yes. And then you have people underneath them who like to help or like to do things, which is great. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we all, we all have to jump mm-hmm. in and do things. But you mm-hmm. wonder how often that leader of that group 
could help build the other women up. You know, yes. Uh, instead yes. of saying, this is my way, you know, opening the dialogue, like how, what ideas yes. do you have? Because I, mm-hmm. I know I've been in situations where I ask for other women's opinions and they have such great ideas. I mean, things I never would have thought of that if I hadn't mm-hmm. asked, I would, they, it would never have come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, as go, go ahead. The most effective leaders I've seen are collaborative leaders. Yes. And so when you're speaking of almost like a, a pseudo hierarchy where someone does take that more dominant um, leadership role, and I don't mean dominant in a, in a negative sense, right, but yeah. they are more, um, they're more outgoing or they're more assumptive of taking those leadership responsibilities. I think that um, when they do decide that that's what they want to do, maybe they're really good at taking that first step. But then the next step is to open the door for people behind them to start taking steps too. So the collaborative side of things, I'll do this part, right? As your leader, but then I also, can you do these things? And what do you think about doing these things as it relates to the entire project or whatever it is we're doing together? So it's opening that conversation with um, the other people involved, right? Even if they are kind of that that de facto leader, as, as you mentioned, that they really do, they don't mind taking the reins. Right. But then trusting that other people can do their part too in collaborating, I think is a really effective leadership strength. Yeah. And, you know, I think women inherently have so many leadership strengths. You know, we're, we're usually good listeners. Mm-hmm. We're very empathetic. We're yes. very, we're very collaborative. I think yes. we, we like building each other up for the most part. I mean, these are all generalizations, yes. but I think we're born with that innate idea to build community. And yes. I, I think that's what leadership is, is building community. Yes. And you can do yes. that in any, in any place in the world that you're in. Yes. And I think it's also important to note, too, that, yes, we absolutely inherently are leaders. Um, we've seen some great, um, you know, we've, we've talked about patriarchy in society. There are some really great matriarchies, right, where women do have those natural gifts to guide and to um incentivize people to know people well enough that we can kind of incentivize them to do things. Um, the, but I also think, and not to take us down a negative path, but it is, it is the reality of, of where we are in a society. Um, I, I, I heard a gentleman say a few months ago, why are women mean to each other? <laughs> and I thought, hold on, <laughs> let's take 3000 steps back right. and evaluate this. And I thought, are women mean to each other? And if so, why? And I think this is this is in alignment with what we're talking about in terms of leadership, because good leaders don't feel threatened mm-hmm. by other leaders. They don't. I love that. Because they yeah. know their value. They know what they bring to conversations and what their um, contributions can be. And they're not threatened by what other people's are. They actually champion other people's contributions. And so as I was thinking through, if you, if he's saying women are mean to each other, why are women mean to each other? And I think historically women have been pit against each other, mm-hmm. that there have been fewer seats at the table, any table. Right. And so by nature, people get competitive when there are fewer seats. What I love though, is the trend we're seeing where there are more seats. Yes. And so by doing so, I, I do feel as though women are responsible for making sure that there are more women at the table, that those seats are open to them and that the competition starts to disseminate, that the competition starts to go away, that we go from competition to championing other women. 
So we do have to look historically why women might have that tendency and how we, you know, but we do have the tools to fix it and go forward in a more positive way. I love that. You know, I think the analogy is a game of musical chairs where every time a woman sits down, another chair is taken away. (laughs) <laughs> where I think it's been the opposite for men. For you know, if there's all the men, they all get a chair. Let's bring in more chairs. But yeah. there's a woman, they've got to fight like yeah. hell for that chair. And yes. I remember yes. some very bloody incidents in grade school. You know, we're fighting for those chairs and musical chairs. And yeah. it's not yeah. that we don't like that person, but we want we want the damn chair. We want to be our seat in that chair. So I think that's a great analogy that you put forth. Is now that there's more chairs, maybe we can help people you know, pull out the chairs for other women and help them find the most comfortable seat because there are a lot more opportunities. Absolutely. And, and when you are at the table and you, you've introduced three or four more chairs, make sure that those that are also at the table, when you hear things being said about the other women at the table, Mm. that you say something, Yes. right. That you become an advocate for all but you become a special advocate for the other women at the table. Right. I agree. Right? You know, we don't need to to backbite. We don't need to gossip about each other. No. We don't need to tear each other down. No. I hate being in those conversations or those places where that's happening. It's like, this is not serving anybody. This is serving mm-hmm. nobody to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. If anything, mm-hmm. to find the best quality about that person and, and really talk it up. I mean, if we start mm-hmm. talking each other up more, can you imagine the change, not only in our confidence, but in their confidence mm-hmm. and the confidence of the whole community instead of, yes. instead of the negativity and like you said, the tearing down, um, yes. just that building, that'd be huge. Yes. I, I, I absolutely believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. So if we are looking for more opportunities for influence as women, then we have to see that another woman's success is our success. So we should be inspired by the success not threatened by the success. So when you are doing well in your life, professionally and personally, that means I have opportunities to do well in my life too. So I, again, I've had a lot of professional experiences working with very strong and capable women. And those experiences have shaped the way I interact with anyone, but also the, the way I interact with those that I know are coming behind me because I have been given a lot of really great opportunities and I know it's because people have opened doors mm. and I know that they've had hard conversations. They've gone before me to have those conversations and to open those. So I need to make sure that I'm doing it for those coming behind me as well. And so, and, and I don't mean that even the next generation, I need, I mean, my peers mm-hmm. coming with me that I need to make sure that I'm providing space for them. That's beautiful. To be successful as well. That's beautiful. I, I love that so much. So let's say there's a woman listening right now who maybe stays at home with her kids. Maybe she yeah. does some volunteer work. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she um, maybe she feels alone right now. Um, yes. What would you say to her to help her step into her leadership power? I think I'd, I'd first, I, I mean, my last name's Wyland. I always ask so many questions, so it's very <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> I would probably ask her first, though, what does she, when she thinks of leadership, what does she mean? What does she see? Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the most, some of the most misconceptions about leadership is that leadership has to be loud. Oh, right. So what I mean by that is we think that leadership is the people out front and we think it's the extroverts. <laughs> right. And that's not always the case. The case. We, we've, we've hit on this point a few times that leadership is influence. And it's inspiration. 
that can be done quietly. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean not taking up space. It just means that recognize that you lead in very, in various situations. And so I would ask her then, what do you think leadership is? What is it to you? What is it to you in your current season of life? Um, is it influence over your family? Is it influence over your community? Is it influence over your immediate neighbors? Um, and, and realize that it doesn't have to look a certain way. So it doesn't have to be loud where you're putting together block parties. That, <laughs> that gives speaking, me hives. I'm projecting. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have to be loud. Um, and it doesn't always have to include, this is one of the other misconceptions that leadership always has to be, as I mentioned, out front, mm. that it's not always speaking in front of people. It's speaking with people. Oh, wow. So yeah. I'd want her to kind of craft for me what she thinks leadership is. And then I would probably advise from that point, but those are kind of the, the, the themes that I see, um, personally that it's okay that your leadership isn't loud. Yeah. It doesn't, again, step into your space, take up all the space you want, but don't feel like leadership has to be loud. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think of so many women in my life who never, you know, ran companies or ran for mm -hmm. president who really mm -hmm. influenced my life. I mean, yes. I mean, my family, my mom, my grandparents, my grandmothers, my, my siblings, and seeing them stretch and move out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That's huge to watch to watch women do that, to try something that maybe they've been told isn't their place or isn't their job mm -hmm. or isn't anything they're supposed to do. And to say, you know, screw it, I'm going to I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's scary where what I hear you saying, too, is there's a guidance element right. to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to be a guide of any kind, this is another misconception. You feel like you have to know everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> The best leaders admit that they don't. Oh, I'd be a great leader because I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I meet that criteria as well. <laughs> I can very readily admit I don't know that, but I will absolutely check on, on that and find out for you. Um, but the idea is leaders will ask more questions than they will answer questions. Mm -hmm. So one thing I've learned... Um, and maybe this pertains to the stay-at-home mom or the mom of, of other leaders, because as, as a mom, you are, you are bringing up other leaders, right? Right. Um, and that's instead of me telling someone else, this is what you should do. I ask them, what do you think you should do? Hmm. You have all of the information. You have all of the context. What do you think you should do? So instead of immediately jumping in with solutions, that's part of the guidance process. You have expertise. You've, you've gone through this or you see all of the pieces. The question is, what, what do you think should happen next? So asking more questions than giving answers is, a, is another thing that I've seen in leaders across the board. And that's great because you think you have to, like you said, I think you think you have to know everything, have all the answers already, but What's the point? I mean, what's the point of having people mm -hmm. around you if you already know it all? The idea is to get everybody's point of view. And it's usually things that you've never thought about. Mm -hmm. And having, mm -hmm. you know, letting your ego go. So mm -hmm. you, so anything they suggest, you, you, don't, you don't have to take ownership for it. You don't have to take credit for it. You're mm -hmm. just saying, this is the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, what are your thoughts? What are your ideas? And just that question. Exactly. Um, some 
I mean, women can go through their whole life and never get asked that, those questions. You know, what do you think? Yeah. What's your opinion? Unfortunately, that, yeah. that, oh, that makes my heart hurt. I know, I know. <laughs> and I think too, uh, you, you mentioned mothers and I recognize that womanhood is not always motherhood. They're right. not, they're not the same thing, but in terms of leadership, of course, mothers have influence. Yes. And we, we spoke briefly, you know, before we started recording about how as children go, grow up and they, they leave the nest, you hope their wings work. Right. <laughs> That's how we or but they at least have a parachute, right? <laughs> but I think what better way to prepare future leaders than to have them think critically and to respect them enough that you do ask their opinions on things. That's another component I think of good leadership is perspective, Understanding that, yes, you don't have all of the answers, right? But also you don't have the experience and the perspective that other people do. And so inviting that perspective into decision-making and inviting perspective into leading children, asking for their perspective, asking for their their solutioning, that builds their confidence. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I also think that there's there's an element of, I, I mentioned building leaders, in your children, right? But giving them leadership opportunities. Are they making decisions that will affect the family? Oh, wow. Um, so give me an example of that. I'm thinking like, does, does a child, once they get a certain age, do they get to choose something that the family does together? It could be big or small. It could be, hey, what plants do you want to plant in the, in the backyard? Um, we're going to do some flowers in the flower bed. Or it could be, where are we going on vacation? Or it could be, hey, we our car needs to be fixed. Here are our options. What do you think we should do? Hmm. Wow. Um, I think one of the biggest fears people have when they're transitioning from not being a leader into being in a leadership capacity, whether that's um, a brand new leader or even leveling up professionally, is they know that the spotlight will be on them, hmm. that every decision they make will be scrutinized. But if we're building leaders in our children, they need to learn how to make decisions. Right. And they need to learn that their decisions have consequences and that's okay. Yeah. So they become more resilient to decisions that don't go well. And then they become very decisive in kind of their problem solving, um, critical thinking skills. So give them that opportunity. You're going to build leaders too, but also let them see you make decisions Mm -hmm. and let them see you apologize when things go wrong. That's huge. I think parents need to have that in the vocabulary. Just learn how to tell their kids, I'm sorry, I'm still learning. I don't don't know how to do this. Yes, I've often said said to my kids, I'm like, listen, I've never been a mother of a 16-year-old girl ever Ever. This is my first go around. <laughs> so I'm going to make mistakes, but I promise you, I will own my mistakes. Right. And I promise you that we're going to, we're going to figure it out together. It's not your job to fix my mistakes. It's mine. Um, but the more they see um, a mother making important decisions, the more they will feel empowered to make decisions. So not only the modeling that happens with, with viewing a woman making big decisions, like maybe, maybe the mom is the one deciding what's the, what's the budget for the, the car they're purchasing. What's the mother doing that are big decisions within the family, but also, so they're seeing the modeling, but also the mom is providing 
that seat at the decision table for her kids. And a big part of that, too, is if there's a father in the home, having the father respect the woman's decision and respect her as an equal and to see that model, too is huge. The definitely yes, the partnerships need to support each other. Right. Absolutely. That the adults in the relationship have to be able to point to the other one saying, "Yes, I support that decision." You know, there's my daughter. Absolutely. She has a, a almost a 7-year-old and she gave me this great example. Her daughter is very much a perfectionist. You know, she hates mm-hmm. getting anything wrong. She's in a very challenging mm-hmm. situation in school yeah. right now. She's learning, she's in a Spanish immersion class. And yeah. she is so stressed, you know, about making mistakes mm-hmm. in school. Yeah. And she had the conversation with my daughter saying, well, you know, I, I've got to do everything right. And my mm-hmm. daughter said to her, you don't, you don't have mm-hmm. to get everything right. She said, I, mm-hmm. I make mistakes. And just the fact that she admitted mm-hmm. that she makes mistakes and yeah. giving her daughter the permission to make mistakes and to fail yes. and to, and to be brave and to do it anyway, was a huge, yes. was a huge conversation yeah. for my little granddaughter. And I don't yeah. know how much she understood or retained, but Continuing mm-hmm. to have that conversation, like, yeah, I'm not perfect. This is what I this is what yeah. I screwed up today in the last hour. Yes, and yes. So the, our kids don't see us as these, you know, high on a pedestal sort of people. We're just in the trenches with them, trying to figure things mm-hmm. out as we go, and to say, and I'm here mm-hmm. to help you because I've, I've lived longer. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can do yeah. things, and you can fail, and you can get back up. And yes, being brave is huge as a leader. Yeah. I remember both of my children had the same second grade teacher and she loved to sing. Um, and she was a great leader. She was a good example of um, seeing children as human beings, not just children. <laughs> and she treated them as um, these complex creatures. And one of the songs that they sang as a group is everyone makes mistakes. So why can't you? <laughs> right. But again, it just, it builds their ability to, to try something. Mm-hmm. As I said, I think that's one of um, the toughest things or one of the, the biggest obstacles that people see when they're deciding whether or not to become a leader, um, that they're, they're scared yeah. to make those decisions that could have negative consequences. But if you build up that resilience um, muscle your entire life, you it's, it's easier to take on those, those impactful decisions um, professionally and personally. I think the fear is amplified too with social media, with just the the spotlight we have, especially on our world leaders. You know, you see people just vilified yeah. for mistakes yeah. and it's like, dude, yeah. you know, pack off. You know, she made yeah. a mistake. He made a mistake. That's what humans do. But the scrutiny that people are under right now, I think scares people away from leadership. Mm-hmm. The idea of being mm-hmm. a leader, how can we move that more toward love, more toward the idea that I'm mm-hmm. valuable, that even if I make a mistake mm-hmm. moving forward, mm-hmm. my voice matters. Yeah. I think that people are more offended by lack of accountability mm. than the mistake. Mm. That's a great so point. Those yeah. who, so those that will get out in front of it and say, no, I did this mm-hmm. and I see that it has impact and I take full ownership, not only of the mistake, but in fixing it. Mm. That's huge. So I think people, yeah. So I think people are more offended by those, um, maybe not, maybe offended is the wrong term, but people, um, tend to hold mistakes against those that don't admit that the mistake has happened. Yeah, that's a great distinction. So, <laughs> so the accountability is kind of that differentiator actually taking ownership of the mistake. Right. So, um, what are some easy leadership skills that women can de- to develop just practicing? I think that, um, you know, 
I hope these are easy. I think that there are varying levels of difficulty within sure. these skill sets, but I think soft skills and hard skills, both um, soft skills, emotional intelligence is huge developing um, empathy, developing effective communication and social skills, um, having conversations, talking about things that are important, um, listening to people. So when we're talking about effective communication skills, it's okay to, when having a conversation with someone, it's okay to push back a little bit Mm -hmm. or to challenge things or to say, you know, you might be seeing something that I don't see. Tell me what you see. Right. So those communication skills um, as a, as a component of emotional intelligence as well, self-awareness, like when are you at your breaking point? How do you know when you're stressed? Mm -hmm. How do you know when things are just a little too much and you're overwhelmed and can you identify those, those maybe physical signs or emotional signs in that, just that self-awareness self-regulation is huge as well, right? The discipline of things. And then also I think, is that fifth component of emotional intelligence, motivation, Hmm. what pushes you. Um, And also, so I think transferring those, those are kind of self soft skills, but being able to identify those things in other people is the next level of leadership, being able to identify and have conversations with someone else and collaborate with them is that communication Um, skill, the effective communication, also being able to identify how other people are motivated. Hmm. Right. So really, really good leaders are observers. They watch before doing anything or saying anything. And so in that observation, starting to analyze, what am I seeing and what does that mean? What are those implications? And if I have to talk to someone about something I'm seeing, maybe there's a a difficult conversation with a child or a difficult conversation with a colleague. It's being able to observe first, gather that data, analyze what that could mean, um, and then go ask, have those conversations with people. So I like to call it observe, ask, and then offer. Where do we go from here? What can I do to help? Um, so that's kind of the, the soft skills. As far as like technical skills, um, problem solving. And women do that all day, every day. Yes, we do. (laughs) I think we're really good at identifying problems, and we think that's a weakness. That's that's interesting, yeah. (laughs) No, the rumination on the problem is probably the issue, problematic, yeah. (laughs) But but I think being able to identify um, potential risks, but then analyzing it a little bit, and then being able to not only just ruminate on the problem, but what's a potential solution to that? That is a leadership trait. Um, so being kind of solution-minded as opposed to just ruminating on, on um, maybe some problems or some, some things that are going wrong. And then collaborate, 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 collaborate. Have conversations with people. Come to consensus with things. Um, gather people's ideas. Um, so those are kind of the, are they easy? Probably not but maybe some, some first things that people can do when they're looking at establishing more leadership skills, those soft skills and those hard, hard skills. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. And it could be just, you know, starting a book club or starting a, a women's circle, yes. a discussion circle, which have really yes. become really popular to just get together and, and talk to each other. Yes, I think we've yes. forgotten how to have conversation. We've forgotten how to have that interaction, that interchange where you do have to listen and then react and then mm-hmm. listen and just practicing that 
and teaching our kids the art of conversation, the art of listening and, mm-hmm. and forming an opinion and not being sh- afraid mm-hmm. to share your opinion. Mm-hmm. And obviously this goes for men too. I mean, this isn't just a, a woman-focused podcast. I do have lots of men that listen, but, and men can do all of these things too to increase their own mm-hmm. value in leadership and their own desire for leadership, whether that's as a father or as a, a, mm-hmm. a person in the workforce. Um, so moving forward, and this is totally an imagination question, moving forward, what if women stepped into themselves in their influencership what would mm-hmm. that look like in the world? Mm. If we could wave our magic wand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if everything was I, the way it should be. Yes. I think this sounds simple, but go with me down this path. It would look diverse. And by diverse, I mean experience. It would mean opening up um, expertise that I think until now has kind of been under lock. Mm. Um, It would bring perspective that could influence everything. It could influence commerce. It could influence legislation. It could influence all of the things impacted even by those two things. Um, Because I do think we talked about this a little earlier. Women do have this innate ability and not every, and I want to make sure we're not a monolith. We're not all the same people. Sure. But I think that the women are underestimated in our ability to lead and give opinions and offer valuable things to society. So if we could wave our magic wand, we would see leaders that are um, collaborative. We would see leaders that champion other people instead of competing with other people. And we'd see a lot of progress because of those two things. Wow. Well, hopefully this entire, this conversation will change the entire world. So <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get all of those, all those requests granted. That was our objective. That was our right? objective. Yes. We're just going to change the world today. No, nothing big, no pressure, Amy, but we're just going to change the world. <laughs> um, any final thoughts you have about leadership that we haven't talked about that you'd like to bring up? I think the, the final note I would leave is that again, leadership doesn't have to look the same on everyone. There's no prescriptive, piece of leadership or there's no human that embodies every single leadership trait that everyone should have it looks different on everyone so don't go into leadership assuming that you have to mimic someone else's leadership style take up space use your own voice and don't be afraid to do that recognize your influence and step into it and also maybe this goes back to skills to develop if it intimidates you do it hmm. every time. That's terrifying, but yes, I agree. <laughs> every time, every time, because I think in doing that, you become not only a stronger individual, but you just might open doors for yourself and other people. Hmm. So do the intimidating thing, wow. lead through that intimidating thing. That's perfect. What a great way to end this conversation. Thank you so much, Amy. I, I love your, your insight into these topics I think you're right. I think that women leaders can could change the world in the starting in the yes. home, uh, in the community, and we just need to believe in each other and, and buoy each other up, and yes, and create a new form of leadership that different from what we've seen in the historical thousands of years. That maybe we can all become more effective. Yes. 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 
Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and thank you for listening, everybody. Be sure to rate, follow, subscribe, all the things to get my podcast bumped up a little higher. Love you all. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon. Thank you.